We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason, Pat, and Jason. There are three certainties in life. Death, taxes, and depressing Chicago Bulls off-seasons. We are at the start of a Bulls off-season that begins without a draft pick, that begins in a salary cap crunch. The Bulls do have a couple big offseason decisions facing them. Namely, will they re-sign unrestricted free agent Nikola Vucevic? Will they retain restricted free agent Kobe White? What will happen with Io DeSumo at the end of his two-year rookie contract? Whatever the Bulls choose, Jason, it will probably be the wrong decision. That's what history tells us. <laughs> As the draft comes tomorrow on Thursday... The Bulls will be in the middle of some trade rumors involving Zach Levine. We have heard that the Bulls are asking for a, quote, star package in return for Levine that features multiple first-round picks and a talented young player. Jason, I'll tell you right now, I don't think they're going to find that type of package for Zach Levine, given the current landscape of the league. You look around the NBA right now and the deals that were there last season, three first-round picks for DeJounte Murray, three or four first-round picks for Donovan Mitchell, basically five first-round picks for Rudy Gobert. Jason, those trades are not available anymore. At least it's hard to believe that after what we've seen early in this offseason, namely Bradley Beal getting salary dumped, essentially, to the Phoenix Suns. Of course, that trade mostly happened because Beal had the NBA's only no-trade clause. Very few assets going in return to the Wizards there, but they don't take on any bad money in the future. So you could see the incentive for them to pull the trigger on that. Uh, we can talk about how much we like that deal for Phoenix, but you know, you got to think Bradley Beal going for that little is sort of the first, uh, the first piece of what the league's trade landscape is going to look like under the new CBA. We also got another deal 
earlier today, Jason. Chris Stapp's Porzingis going to the Boston Celtics in a three-team trade that will send Malcolm Brogdon to the Los Angeles Clippers in the number 30 overall pick to the Washington Wizards. Jason, I think every team in the league would tell you that Chris Stapp's Porzingis is a better player than Nikola Vucevic. Vooch does have a durability edge on him historically, so that might be the one thing you could argue in Vooch's favor. Porzingis, though, better three-point shooter, typically higher upside, better shot blocker. Uh, if Chris Stapps is only fetching the number 30 overall pick, I think some of these trade discussions I've heard where the Bulls take on bad money and get uh, like the 10th pick from the Mavericks, I just don't think it's realistic. Of course, I would love to see it. Please prove me wrong, Bulls. Do a creative, smart move for the first time in your life. Arturis Karnaschovas, or at least the first time since you signed Alex Caruso. Uh, Jason, I'm starting to get really worried that the Bulls are going to have a horrible offseason for one reason, and that's because the Bulls always have a horrible offseason. Talk me off the ledge, Jason. I'm starting to lose my mind already. I don't know if I can really talk you off the ledge. I and mean, we've been obviously just kind of talking doom and gloom for a while now. And uh, yeah, clearly the Wizards looking to just blow it up, kind of clear their cap sheet with these moves they made with the Bradley Beal trade. I mean, a truly awful return for a face of the franchise star player. Uh, but again, that's what that, yeah, that no trade clause, four years, 200 some million, coming off a couple injury plagued seasons. Um, giving him that no trade clause just totally screw, screws you. He basically decides where he wants to go. Uh, it sounds like they probably had some better offers they could have taken on the table, but he says he wants to go to Phoenix. He goes to Phoenix and they take back they get yeah the chris paul which who, he's probably not going to play there if he stays there i mean obviously that's just like a mentor role they get no first round picks out of that and then landry Shamit. uh i mean that's just a horrible trade for a whatever your face the franchise three-time all-star guy who's been there for 11 years but uh that's just the way it is with that the way that contract was set up which is brutal again i don't know how we talked about how like, we were curious to see like how, the beal trade how would how it could affect SAG trade talks. I really don't know, like thinking about it more because of that no trade clause, how much it does affect it just because of one, a team, a guy can just effectively choose where he wants to go. Um, I guess the wizards could have just not traded. I mean, clearly this new front office, they just wanted to move on, clear their books. Beal's gone. Porzingis is gone. Porzingis actually could have opted, opted out and signed somewhere else, but instead he's going to, it looks like he's going to opt in. Uh, and then the Wizards are going to get the number 30 pick for their troubles, basically, to get him to opt in. And as part of this trade, uh, Brogdon, Malcolm Brogdon goes to L.A. Uh, kind of like that for the Celtics. Porzingis has had the injury issues as well, as you kind of noted. But he just had the best season of his career. Uh, 23 points, 8 rebounds, 2.5 assists, 1.5 blocks. So uh, the Wizards looks like they're probably going to tank this season. When it comes to the Bulls, I mean, yeah, with the Levine trade rumors have been out there. But the last couple of days... Uh, it seems like there's just really nowhere or nobody really matching these offers. I saw Matt Moore write about that. Cowley wrote about it in the Sun-Times that well, the Bulls are asking for a lot, and it doesn't seem like much has changed there, which, which they shouldn't. They should look for a lot, but then it just seems like a trade is unlikely. It just, uh, there just does not seem to be much noise about a Zach Levine trade happening after, since kind of Jake Fisher said. I mean, there was that wasn't even much noise either. That was basically the Bulls whatever, seeing, gauging the trade market, and it does not seem the, like the trade market is very hot. You could argue like it should be. I feel like at this point, we all kind of agree that Zach is somewhat underrated at this point and just uh, not appreciated enough around the league. But you get why to a degree why that is the case. And Darnell Mayberry at Athletic wrote about it today, like uh, why the Bulls should trade and why they shouldn't. And just that 
whatever he's hasn't won many games he's got one playoff win under his belt in his career and like if he was really that good he'd be able to raise teams up a bit more I think at this point it's I mean Zach is we know he's a high level number two option he's one of the better scorers in the NBA he's not a guy who consistently he's not a big like floor raiser but I think he's definitely like a ceiling raiser can make take your team from very if you got a really good infrastructure in place he can help take your team to the next level I am curious why we haven't heard Miami Heat trade rumors. The Heat were allegedly in on Beal, but maybe they didn't want to go all in there because they're waiting for Dame. Is Dame actually going to get traded? Uh, the signs are pointing to no right now, but it also seems like the Blazers might use the number three pick on Scoot Henderson. There's talk, whatever. I saw stuff about there, how Dame and Scoot have formed a relationship. Will Dame actually ask for a trade if they just pick Scoot Henderson at number three? There have been signs that that could happen, but it seems like Miami's waiting on that. But if that doesn't happen, like would Miami circle back to Zach? Uh, I don't love what Miami can really offer. I mean, if we're looking at like a Tyler Hero, young player picks package, I mean, depending on, I can't remember what picks that he'd have. I don't think it's that many, uh, but I mean, if they can offer you a few picks, Tyler Hero and maybe somebody else, I know there's like Nikola Jovic. I think I saw like Haywood Highsmith was like a sticking point in Bradley Beal trade talks, weird stuff like that. But like, if like they were in on Beal or Lillard, I mean, Zach would be an amazing fit in Miami next playing off Jimmy and Bam. Like that'd be exactly what they need. A supercharged version of Tyler Hero. I mean, just a better version of Tyler Hero all around. So like if they if they don't get Dame, I do wonder if the Heat will t- come around and come to the Bulls with and put it all in package for Zach Levine. But again, it seems like Miami's waiting on Dame right now. And again, you, you talk about just around the league, like who else could offer something good for you? When we talked about the magic stuff last weekend or last pod, we'll see if they are interested in something like that. The Knicks, the Knicks are always out there as a team that theoretically could put a pretty good offer on the table, but are they willing to go all in on a Zach Levine right now? It doesn't seem like it, but maybe they do. I don't know. We'll see. Um, like the seems like seems like the Sixers are probably gonna get hardened back. It seems like the winds are blowing back in that direction. Uh, so like I don't know if then they if or if they try to. I mean they have Tyrese Maxey as their number three. Like I don't know if they'd really like the Bulls. I don't know if they. I don't know what picks they have, but I don't know if like the Bulls would do like Tobias Harris and a shit ton of picks and like something else interesting. Like I don't know if the Sixers would even have interest in that since they have if they have Embiid, Harden, and Maxey. Like I don't even know if that's really worth it for them, but. Yeah, right now it just seems like it's kind of all quiet on the Levine front after the reports came out that the Bulls are gauging their value or gauging his, gauging his value. And ultimately, the bottom line is we don't want the Bulls to just run it back, but we also don't want them to just make a terrible Zag trade just to do something different. Like that would be just stupid. But it all that all just kind of comes back to the well, what the hell are they going to do then? Are they going to bring back Vooch? Are they going to overpay Vooch? Uh, like was then. What was it? We saw somewhere that I think well, that might have been also been Matt Moore. I think it was either earlier this week or last week. This weekend was talking about I can't remember if it was him or not, but there was a report about Vooch three years, sixty five million. Oh, that might have been Mike Scotto actually. It was Michael Scotto at Hoopsite three years, sixty five million, which just seems like way too much for Vooch. Uh, obviously, that third year maybe that's not fully guaranteed. Cowley wrote in his thing that uh, Vooch might be willing to give a hometown discount, but like what? Like who is? And I saw you just tweet about this before we got on this pod. Like, who is giving Vooch, like, this big contract? Can you not find a side and trade for him if, like, he's looking for big money? Like, who is, like, I'm very curious here what the market is for Vooch. And, like, do you really have to, like, who are they bidding against? Do you really need to big him, give him a huge deal? Like, I'm, I don't know, man. Like, it's, it seems like giving Vooch three years, 60 plus million, just, like, 
it just does not seem like the right play. But if they're just gonna like run it back, and and we talk about the luxury tax, of course, and the new sa- salary cap numbers came out today. Looks like that it's gonna be a little, a few million higher than it was initially projected. So maybe that helps the Bulls a little, a little bit. But even then, if they give Vooch twenty some million, Kobe, whatever, twelve to fifteen. You mentioned IO. Who knows? And I don't even know if they should bring him back. Even again, as an IO guy, he just didn't have a good season. He kind of regressed. Uh, but if you want to bring all these guys back and push up against the tax with little flexibility with that MLE. So it's like what the hell man. So like, I can't back to the, where this started. I don't know if I could really talk you off the ledge because there's really just not that much interesting out there right now. They have no draft. They could try to get into the draft, but like, do they Casey wrote about the city? Do they want to add a guaranteed first round contract to their, to their books? Like, I guess maybe if they're able to, if they sell one of their current guys, uh, maybe they're able to do that. Or if they just buy a second rounder, that's obviously not going to be that expensive in terms of the cap. Um, they again what, do want to say that they can buy a second rounder. They're already losing that fifty seventh pick. They 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 can buy a pick and they'd still lose fifty seven, not the one they buy. Uh, so yeah, man, I can't take call you off or call you off the ledge because it's just it's still just a weird spot and there's just like nothing much out there right now that says like they're going to do much else than just kind of run it back. And because uh, that seems like the kind of expectation around the league. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To be clear, Jason, the Bulls can do something. Will they do sure. something? Probably not, because Arturis Karnaschovas hasn't done shit in the last three transactional periods. So I don't buy that the Bulls have painted themselves into a corner and have no wiggle room. We've seen the Denver Nuggets make two trades in the last two weeks. Arturis Karnaschovas hasn't made two trades in the last two years. So immediately, I think, okay, if he was as creative as people say he is, if he was as, uh, you know, as smart as people say he is, Karnaschovas would find a way out of this. Unfortunately, the guy just has had no vision for the franchise since Lonzo Ball's injury. I think his original intention was to build this team. This was going to be the squad, let them grow over a three, four-year period, let Patrick Williams and Io develop, 
you know, let Zach and DeMar continue to grow playing together. And then, you know, maybe they could go on a deep playoff run. Well, everything changed when Lonzo got hurt. Lonzo is not coming back. There's no way to replace what he brought to the team. And it's put the Bulls in this position where they need to pivot. Now, they haven't been able to pivot or they haven't pivoted because Arturis does not have enough conviction in his own evaluations and he does not have enough vision to find a way out of this mess. But they can do something. That's for sure. Just because they haven't done anything doesn't mean they can't do something. They can. They just choose not to. Uh, as far as a Levine trade goes, I would trade Zach if you could get a really good package for him. If you can't, and what that package would be, yeah, multiple first round picks. I'd love a high pick this year if you could find a way to trade him for that, uh, along with you know a good young player and additional picks in the future. I am starting to become very skeptical that that's going to be on the table because I think a lot of these teams, every team in the league is really worried about the more punitive luxury tax measures in the new CBA. So if you can't find a Zach trade, I'm fine holding on to him. I think he will earn his money on his contract as long as he stays healthy. Part of that is a gut check on the Bulls part to see like how healthy do you believe this guy can be going into the future? Where do you think he's at? But he closed the year as a pretty durable player. I believe he played 77 games last yep. season, which is pretty shocking given where he started the season health-wise. Uh, so if they don't make a Levine trade, I'm not going to think this offseason's a disaster. What I'm asking for the Bulls, number one, do not overpay Vooch. This is what I'm starting to get really worried about. That three-year, $65 million uh, contract extension that was reported would be a total disaster. And the Bulls have already put themselves in a bad position. And re-signing Vooch to that deal would only make their short-term and long-term outlook even worse, Jason. Like, Vooch is not a true needle mover. You're paying him... Again, it would be a classic example of the Bulls bidding against themselves. Only eight teams have cap space. None of those teams are going to want Vooch. Maybe the Thunder would want him. Maybe, you know, the Pistons or Spurs would want him. I don't think so. I don't think no one's giving Vooch uh, more than the mid-level exception. And then even you can ask yourself, who's given Vooch the full mid-level exception, which right. is about $12 million a year? So to give him 365 I think, would be an F-minus grade for the Bulls. <laughs> I could maybe do it if the third year is fully non-guaranteed because I think non-guaranteed deals could have more value uh, in the new CBA. So if you're going to pay them a little bit more in the short term to only get two guaranteed years, that could work for me. I really don't want a third year. A third year for Vooch would just be awful and would show that Karnaschovas has no idea what he's doing. Uh, and honestly, like if they lose him, I get that there's an argument to be made that they're screwed because there's no decent centers available. But, you know, I don't mind a one year gap year of cycling through some young bigs and seeing if you could, you know, find lightning in a bottle with one of those guys. I think you're really putting yourself in a tougher position, signing Vooch to a three year, $65 million deal. It would be horrible. So please don't do that, Bulls. Uh, so that's the one thing I want them to do. If you can bring back Vooch two years, 30 million, yeah, 15 mil a year, I would do that. That's solid to me, but I just don't want a three-year deal. I certainly don't want a three-year deal at something like 22, 23 million per year. Uh, please, no, just, just spare us. Please, Arturis. <laughs> Time to win one negotiation, and Vooch is a good guy to try to win that negotiation with because at the end of the day, he hasn't been able to influence winning that much at any point of his career. So beyond that, what can the Bulls do? 
I get that the quote unquote run it back strategy is a terrifying strategy, but it's not really running it back if the Bulls add more shooting. And the Bulls last year finished dead last in the NBA in three point takes and three point makes. So make some trades, trade Derek Jones, get Javante Green off the roster, uh, maybe trade Io, maybe trade Kobe White for another shooter, even though he's one of the guys who actually can hit a jump shot on this team. They need shooters, Jason. They need volume shooters up and down the lineup. A couple names I like on the free agent market, George Niang, veteran from Iowa State, played last year on the 76ers. I think he could be a pretty good 6'8 shooter for them. Uh, Utah Wantanabe, who last year was briefly hitting over 50% of his threes for the Brooklyn Nets. He's a 6'9 shooter. Those are the type of guys I would be going after, and they need a bunch of them. They need more than one. They need more than two. They need to surround the quote-unquote mid-three <laughs> of Levine, DeRozan, and Vucevic with volume shooters to even have a chance to get thing, this thing going in the right direction. So run it back is not exactly running it back if they do make some trades right. to surround the team with shooters, I would be fine with that. Of course, I would also be fine with them blowing it up. Trading DeMar specifically, I think, would be a good move. He should have more value on an expiring contract, I think, in the new CBA. Obviously, he's still a pretty good player. There's a lot of teams who believe they have a chance at contending next year. The Bulls are not one of those teams. The Bulls' upside for next season is most likely the number eight seed in the playoffs. That's not doing too much for me, Jason. So just avoid the Vooch bad deal. That's my main hope. Uh, If Levine's still on the team next year, I'm cool with that. I like watching Levine. I think he's been a good soldier. He's fun to watch. He gives them some shooting. Uh, I would trade him if you can make a positive value deal for him, but just don't make this thing any worse than it already is because right now, Jace, it's pretty fucking bad. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and then the other, the other thing I wanted, that would have been a good beat to end on. And I was trying to end on that beat, (laughs) but let's buy a pick. Yeah. Buy a pick in this draft, get a second rounder, try to get a first rounder. If you can, uh, I think there's some good names in the top 40, top 45 of this draft in particular. So let's buy a pick. Uh, we've already seen, you know, Indiana move off two picks. There's going to be a lot of teams with surplus picks who won't want to roster that many rookies. So I would love to see the Bulls buy a pick in this draft. Yeah. A few final thoughts here. Back to the Vooch thing for a second. The thing that when Michael Scotto reported the the 365 thing, he also wrote about like how the optics would be bad if they let him walk. Fuck the optics. I get it. I understand if that's like why that would be like a talking point. Certainly not blaming Mike Scott for writing that because I feel like it's probably true. But like you can't. That's called what sunken cost fallacy. You can't be doubling down on something bad just because of whatever you gave up all so much. You you already gave up so much to get it. You just can't do it. And like so like the optics of like whatever letting Vooch walk can't be a factor. Of course, again, try to find a sign and trade if. Their sign and trades happen like all the time now these days. That's like it's it's just like a, we talked about like whatever the talk about AK being creative because they like pulled off some sign and trades. They basically just overpaid in sign and trades and like sign and trades just happen all the time now. Uh, so like that's not even that creative. But find a sign and trade for them if there even is a, a market for them and try to get something for them. And if you can't, I don't know. I'd probably rather let them walk than get well, then whatever. Give him three sixty five. He said, does he? I just can't imagine that market is there for him. And then, yeah, in terms of the draft, I saw somebody in one of my chats claim that Casey, I'm not, I didn't see the actual original source of that claim that Casey said the Bulls were shopping Caruso for a first rounder. Um, obviously, we talked about selling Caruso at the trade deadline that 
the price should be high. I guess like I wouldn't understand if they if the if they want to stay competitive and run it back trading Caruso because he's like a huge part of why they were competitive to begin with. So like obviously he's not a shooter. Um, but if they like traded Caruso and like whatever Pat Be- Pat Beverly walks and they don't have Lonzo back, like I feel like a lot of what even made them marginally competitive to begin with would be totally gone because their defense would take a huge hit. Uh, so like <laughs> I don't know. Like would you trade Caruso for a first round pick right now? And like yeah. if their plan, if their plan is to stay competitive, obviously, like again, if they blow it up, go get what you can. You can, but if like their goal is to bring the big three back, but then they buy a pick with by trading Caruso, like would you approve of that? Yeah, I'd kind of want a high second round pick in that too. Like, give me a first rounder yeah. and a high second rounder. But I agree. Like, if they're going to keep the big three together, you need Caruso. Caruso single handedly lifted their defense up to a top five level last year. I don't think you can count on the defense being top five next year. I don't think you can count on the defense being top ten. But Caruso is sort of the uh, the life jacket that allows you to stay afloat in that territory. I. I think that this is the time to sell high on Caruso coming off in uh first team all defense season. Yeah. He's got two years of a very team friendly contract left. So he should be valuable. Like yeah. if you're moving off him, you should be able to get something good for him. Yeah, it's cheap. Uh, like I said, cheap two years. It's a great deal. And you know, if you trade him, you're probably not going to get a player as good as him just because he's so good. He's so impactful. Yeah. But the reason I would maybe do it is because he does lack durability. Can't shoot. He's 30 now. Yeah. I think he hit 40% of his threes. Did he? Not <laughs> it team. feels like he's a terrible shooter, but he... Yeah. He, yeah. Any he shot, he would have hit... Did he hit four threes, five threes in the, in the, in the play-in game against Miami? I feel like he had like a huge first half. He shot 36% last year on 2.3. Obviously not high volume. He played 23 minutes a game, only two three point te- 2.3 three-point times a game. He's not take a lot. Teams leave him wide open from three. So he's obviously just like teams don't treat him like a shooter. And that's almost as important. Like Patrick Williams shot over 40% from three, but teams do not treat him like a three, like a good three point shooter. They just don't, they just leave him wide open with his volume. just isn't high enough. He doesn't take them confidently enough. So, uh, yeah. So would I trade Caruso? I mean, I, I probably would because I think the team needs more upside. And I think that this would represent the high point of selling on Caruso. But I also acknowledge that like, you know, if they're really going to try to make a run at the sixth seed next year, you need Caruso to have any prayer of doing that, right? So, yeah, yeah it's yeah. a tough, it's a tough thing, but I think they need more upside on the roster, so I'd sell high on him. If yeah, you can. that's fair. That's totally fair. Yeah, and you talk, you mentioned the run it back thing. If they are going to big, bring the big three back, mid three, big whatever the fuck, you want, they're not a big three. They're a mid three. They got a, they're decent. Uh, yeah, you just you can't. Ultimately, when we, in terms of running it back, you just can't run back the main rotation. If you're going to bring the main three guys back, you need to f- do some stuff around on the margins or uh, with the depth. Whether that means trading Caruso, uh, like with Kobe White, we've talked about how they probably should bring him back at the right price because he's just an important shooter. But like, if you can sign and trade Kobe for something different, uh, I, that wouldn't bother me either. Kobe's not like a an actual like whatever doesn't have to stick around. I doubt they're trading Patrick Williams, but like if you were somehow able to trade Patrick Williams for something a little better, I mean, maybe sure. Again, I don't want to just trade him just trade him again because he's one of your only sources of upside, but you have to change the stuff around the margins. You just can't run back the same rotation. Like uh, Patrick Beverly probably gone, or maybe he'll come back on a minimum. I don't know. Uh, Like he's fine back on a minimum, but there's just so many roster spots that they could, that they could kind of cycle through here and just bring it, bring in, as you said, more shooting, Try to, try to get a little younger, get some more upside in there. Um, 
Because that's the, really if they're gonna, if they wanted to stay competitive with this group, that's the way they're going to have to do it. Add as much shooting as possible. Get some, take some chances on some guys. Try to get some upside. Maybe somebody breaks out. Um, and again, yeah, maybe you get the sixth seed or five seed. Everything goes right. Again, they had a lot go right for them this last season. Their defense was elite. Their main guys all stayed healthy. Alonzo aside, obviously that's a whole separate point. But and also the Alonzo thing. Take care of the Alonzo thing somehow. They can't just have his twenty million fucking sitting there. Like you got to do something with it. You wave and stretch it. Disabled player exception, or you try to trade him somehow. Like at this point, you just can't rely on Alonzo Ball to play another game in the NBA. You can't just have that money sitting there. Um, and yeah, and we'll see if they use the MLA. I mean, go into the tax. I know the team is mid, but like all these other teams, they're, they're talking about the second apron and all this crap. But like the Suns don't give a shit about, it. I know they're a championship contender, but like the Celtics Suns, they're like spending a ton of money blowing through, uh, this stuff. And again, those are championship contenders, but like, if you're going to try to get the championship contender level, not that this group is going to do it. Like you have to spend at some point and with the, with their, the mess that they're in, like maybe you spend a little extra now. But of course, I mean, this is the Bulls we're talking about. That's just not really realistic to expect them coming off the season that just happened to go into the luxury tax when they've only paid it well once in their history. But I mean, there are some avenues to to spend. Again, full mid level exception is going to be like twelve million dollars. Maybe you figure out something with Lonzo Ball's contract, and you're able to. And I think they have the biannual as well. Like there are a few avenues where they can add to the roster. Uh, will they actually pay up and do it? Who knows. And we'll see what happens with some of these other main guys. Again, for right now, it seems like it's going to be quiet. They have no draft picks right now. So tomorrow night for the draft. Right now, we got nothing. We'll see if they do buy a pick or trade into the draft. Um, But yeah, as of right now, it's kind of all mostly quiet in the Bulls front. And we'll see what happens over the coming day and then over the coming week. So, Rick, you got anything else? We wrap it up. That's all I got, Jace. I'm All right. Well, that's going to do it really for us here <laughs> on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network with the NBA draft coming up tomorrow. Tons of great draft coverage all across, across the Blue Wire Network. And of course, with free agency, the offseason, there have been tons of rumors. There have already been multiple big trades, as we've talked about already, and that will continue over these next couple weeks heading into free agency after the draft concludes tomorrow night. Um for us here at Cash, please rate and review us. Give us some five-star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those good places wherever you get your podcasts. For us, for me, I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky at SB underscore Ricky. Please go check out all of Ricky's great draft content at SBNation.com. Uh, we got mock drafts. We'll have after the draft tomorrow night. He'll have a mock draft for 2024, and he'll just obviously have all the great draft coverage of whatever happens to, uh, leading up to it and tomorrow night. So please go check out all his great coverage at espionation.com and also check out clutchpoints.com uh i will not have any writing there but that's where i work and you can go find a bunch of great nba coverage all the rumors and all the and all the good stuff there draft coverage there as well so that's gonna do it for us here on this episode of cash considerations h calls chicago bulls podcast we'll see what the bulls do maybe we'll have a podcast after the draft maybe we won't uh some of this could depend on again if the bulls do anything but either way we'll talk to you guys next time Bulls. It's not last year's Bulls, ladies and gentlemen.